Hello, and welcome to Let's Meet the Virologists, a podcast about the people behind today's virology headlines. With the annual American Society for Virology meeting coming up in less than one week, we are talking with students and postdoctoral researchers who will be attending the meeting. So uh, great, Um, thanks for talking with us today. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm uh, Simon Boudreau. I'm a PhD student in uh, Quebec, Canada at the University of Sherbrooke. I'm a senior PhD student, uh, really coming together the, towards the end, uh, looking at postdoc uh, right now, trying to set this in. And uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, continuing doing science, uh, really trying to maybe open my uh, own lab afterwards. So uh, kind of big decisions, but uh, I think things are looking great. Good. And can you tell us a little bit about how you first became interested in science and then virology? I guess the science side stems really from, uh, I guess I would say it was during my high school. Uh, you know, you, you you go toward the end of the high school and then you're like, well, what, what will I do with that? Um, and I guess the, the idea was in Quebec, we got what is called CEGEP, which is right in between uh, high school and university. And so I just went there to like uh, natural sciences kind of broad uh, thing. I, you know, you do math, you do fe- uh, physics, you do that kind of stuff. And at the end, I was, it didn't really help much, uh, you know, to, to, to learn what I would wanted to do. You know, I was pretty good at everything. And so I couldn't just not base myself on, well, you're good at that go with that. Uh, but in the end, I was like, you know, I like chemistry. I like biology. So I guess I'm going to go in biochemistry. Um, and I did a bachelor. Uh, I went from my own town to uh, this city right now, which is like four and uh, like four hours and 30 minutes away. Uh, really because the, the university really appealed to me. You know, uh, there were a lot of, um, I would say, uh, internships, uh, really practical approach to learning science. I was, you know, that that's important. You know, we, we're going to be learning theoretical stuff, but everything comes down to ends down in the lab. So, uh, and it really, it really was really a great choice for me. So I started uh, at that point uh, becoming more interested. And so I did interns during my, my bachelor's or so. So I did my first intern in uh, that lab uh, uh, that I'm right now. And then I went on to uh, government. I went on to do a one in pharma- pharmaceutical company. Uh, so I could really get a grip of what was going on in science and different milieu. Uh, and then afterwards, it was kind of a, I really liked the first lab I went to. It was the academic lab. I, I really liked the team. Uh, I was quite not sure about the project. At that time, we were doing a lot of capping stuff, no RNA uh, caps structure wasn't my teacup, I would say. So I went to the boss and I said, you know what? I really like you. I like the lab, but you got to give me something that's going to drive me. And, and he said, you know what? I got that project. Uh, what do you think about it? And I was, that's perfect. And in the end, I, we tried to set up that project and it never worked. Uh, bad collaborators, a lot of problem. But in the end, uh, I rapidly switched to, it was still viral, virology approach, but uh, I rapidly switched to this project I'm working on uh, just because they had some data that was lying around. They said, you know, I think you can handle two projects, start working on that. And it took a couple of years, you no know, publish a first paper that was more descriptive. And then we just move on. And I think right now I'm really looking at the project that has so much potential. We we really drove that project where I, I'm right now looking at all the stuff we could do. I'm, I'm like, that that's so great, but 
the, the sad thing and I'm leaving. But at least uh, I have a lot of things to, to think for afterwards, maybe in my own lab. Can you tell us a little bit about sort of the research that you have been doing? Sort of like, um, what are the types of experiments and then maybe some of the main findings? Yeah, so um, basically I'm working on real virus, which is a, a mammalian virus, uh, not causing so much thing in humans. Uh, but it's really interesting right now because it's a non-colytic virus. So we, we would like to understand better that virus. Can we potentiate its non-colytic activity? And one thing in the lab we've been interesting is how virus interface the most. Uh, and we've been looking a lot at mRNA metabolism and we've been really studying atelatyl splicing for a long time. So uh, the first thing we just did was RNA-seq experiment on that virus, really looking at what is happening to atelatyl splicing during infection. Uh, it was pretty good because we, we saw a lot of things changing after infection that in regards to splicing. Uh, and then we build on that, we start doing, you know, we have a reverse genetic system. So we start asking where our virus does that, but all, all the virus the same. And we found out that not. So this gave us a really cool uh, molecular uh, way to decipher which protein are involved. And then we started looking at one protein, which is really uh, heavily involved. Uh, we did some IPMS experiments. We pulled on the protein. We found some spikes of the component coming with it. And right now we're starting to be towards the, the understanding of which protein of that compartment, well, that, well, I would say uh, SNRP is involved. Uh, we have a lot that pulled on, but we're trying to figure out, is it interfacing the assembly of the complex or uh, is it, and all this in the end of splicing, I think that's the, the, the biggest question to, to try to understand. Uh, and we were also trying to tackle, is this somehow involved in viral replication? Is the virus um, usurping that system for, for a benefit or to limit viral replication? And we have some very interesting data, or preliminary data that show that it seems to be involved in viral replication in cell survival after infection. And so that's, that, that's a lot of, you know, uh, I would say IPMS, uh, basic molecular biology, molecular cloning. I do a lot of viral infection and I really use a lot of the platform we got there. So a lot of the splicing stuff, qPCR are handled by RNAMIC platforms, uh, which can actually put this a lot. So that's really been helping uh, me a lot uh, to drive that project, you know, to be able to do a lot of the experiment and then forward them so I can do other experiments at the same time. Uh, this has really streamlined the process a lot. And can you tell us a little bit about um, sort of splicing? Yeah, so so we first uh, uh, we first discovered splicing by uh, looking at viruses. So back in the late 70s, uh, the group of Philip Sharp was working with the animal viruses and they start noticing that the mRNA couldn't map to the cDNA and they were, oh, that, that's, that's kind of weird. And so they found out introns in viruses. And so basically we know We've known from the time we've learned about splicing that viruses can splice their own gene. Not all viruses, but a lot of DNA viruses do it. Um, and some uh, RNA viruses just as influenza. Um, and so we basically tackled the question by looking at all viruses use of the machinery for their own genes. Uh, but for a long time, we just didn't really bother about what was happening to the cell. You know, we, we were, were pretty much aware that, you know, shutdown of uh, tra uh, translation, you know, there's transcription blockade, that kind of stuff. So we pretty much say, well, that, that's it for the, the, the whole part. Um, but we, I think with the understanding of atelatyl splicing, so the, the way we could splice different gene, the same gene differently to get different isoform. Uh, and this is involved in all kind of uh, 
homeostasis in the cell, uh, you could think that the viruses will try to also hijack that machinery and mess up, uh, mess it up. Um, and so I think in that field right now, we're pretty much at the, the I think it's getting a lot of traction. Uh, it's been a long time get, getting to trying to understand if this happening a lot just to some viruses. I think in the late, yeah, I think the last two, three years, we got a couple of reviews, uh, meaning we were starting to have a lot of data, uh, but not, I think we're more trying to make sense of that data. Uh, but I could maybe add the last point, which is interesting, is the fact that my virus is oncolytic, so it's it replicates better in, in cancer cells. And the fact that those cancer cells also present dysregulation in alternative splicing is something that's very well known. Uh, leads us to another expertise, which is maybe those oncolytic virus replicate better in cancer cells because splicing is already messed up. And so this is kind of something that I've always been thinking of, uh, probably something I want to try to ask in my postdoc follow. Uh, just trying to ask if is this something important for oncolytic potential of viruses. Right, right. So actually, since, since you're talking about your postdoc, so what are your ne next steps then? So are you doing an academic postdoc? Yeah, yeah. So that basically, the, this is the, the, the idea. I'm, I'm pretty much set up for the project. I'm really looking for a good place to do the project. Uh, but basically, the idea is you know, I've, we've been doing a lot of molecular uh, understanding, trying to understand what's happening, how, how this affects the biology of the virus. But now I really want to move on to cancer. So can we can we use small molecule that will change splicing to potentiate those viruses? Can we do knockdowns of some spliceosomal components, splicing factors that could help the virus replicate? Can we uh, can we use a two viruses, one that molecular splicing one way that will help the other one? Uh, that kind of stuff that, uh, and also in the end, I think the biggest question is, uh, is uh, in an oncolytic potential setting, is mosaic splicing something that is beneficial or not? Uh, and so can we either potentiate it or block it so we allow the virus to be a better uh, oncolytic virus? Because right now we're just trying to give the virus with a lot of chemotherapy, radiotherapy. We have not really good oncolytic virus that can be delivered by themselves. And so if we can understand better what's happening in the cancer cell in regards to viral replication, maybe there's a lot there to, to open up and to try to really potentiate those viruses. I guess, so since you're sort of at the stage where you're looking, what, what do you look for in a postdoc lab? What makes a good postdoc? Uh, so <laughs> I guess there's a lot of things. Uh, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people will say, look at uh, papers that are published. Uh, you know, are they publishing good? Are they publishing uh, enough? Uh, look at the financing. So, you know, you, at least you don't want to get to a postdoc where you want to do the experiment and you don't have the money to do it. Uh, that's another point. I guess as someone that is uh, still trying to learn, I want someone that still can mentor me. Uh, you know, because transitioning from either uh, a, a PhD to a postdoc to an academic career still need, I think, a lot of counseling, a lot of, you know, I've been there, don't do that. Yeah, do it, but, you know, don't put so much emphasis on that. And I, I guess those those uh, advice, they come in really handy and, and they're necessary, I think. So I'm really looking for, you know, a, a supervisor that's going to be there for me uh, to continue, you know, I, I feel got a lot to learn. Uh, and in regard to expertise, it's it's weird because I'm I'm really I know what I want to be doing, but I guess no one's doing that. So it's really hard to to pinpoint a lab that has a broad enough expertise. 
so I can continue with that kind of project. So I know it's a high risk, high reward project, uh, but at least I'm trying to pinpoint maybe splicing labs that work on viruses uh, or oncolytic labs uh, that I can bring on my expertise about splicing, uh, that kind of stuff. But in my case, it's a little special because I'm really trying to take a step away from what everyone is doing. And uh, I'm not aware that anyone has asked those questions. And so it's a little harder to find a good lab for that. And it's much, much more uh, stressful, I would say. You know, you're kind of saying, well, we're, I'm going to do that. But the supervisor also needs to say, well, you're going to be doing something that I'm not, I'm not that at ease with it. So we're really looking a lot to collaboration also, maybe bring on uh, at least one, two, three PIs just to, to have a lot of expertise. Uh, I, I'm mainly working on one virus, but as a postdoc, I would like probably to, to learn other viral systems. So maybe a, another virus or two other virus. Uh, that's something that I also need to think about, maybe having other experts that know the other viruses. Uh, but that's maybe what I'm looking and thinking about right now. All right, cool. And then can you just in finishing, just reflect a little bit how this last like year and a half has been like for you. So like the pandemic, being a scientist, just and even as a person, what has it been like for you? Uh, I would say as a person and as a PhD, I was kind of, I would say I was really, really lucky because in Quebec, we had a strict lockdown six weeks and then we went straight to the lab. So we were up and running, you know, with a lot of restriction at first. Uh, but I've been in the lab since May last year. And I would say as a senior PhD, I've really, I think it was one of the best moments for science. It's really been uh, fast paced. Uh, things were progressing fast. You know, you do the experiment, you get the result. Okay, we can move on. And that, that's been really good for me. Uh, as a human, it's been a more tough period because uh, the strict lockdown was kind of rough, you know, living with roommates, uh, toward the end of the roommate period also, so I was kind of, you know, uh, tired of being with the same person and trying to move on, and so it, it was a last, long last year, I would say, um, but it's something that you grow, uh, I think, uh, with it. Um, and I think as a scientist in this pandemic, I, I would say at least as virologists, I'm really, I'm really happy to see that at least we're talking about viruses a lot more. And I guess, I hope that politicians will, that they will remember that we, we have a pandemic and we'll need some funding for at least the 10, 15, 20 next year so we can be better prepared the next time because I think this this really just show that we we were not ready for a pandemic, uh, not of that scale. So that that's something, and I guess the whole infodemic side of it is also something that's really, I guess I would say sad. It's really strengthened the fact that we need, I guess, as scientists, to better engage with the public, to be more exposed, to to go out there to, and and I think also the government and the media needs to find ways to give us some space. Uh, either set up, you know, uh, reserve time for talk with scientists or better air time for them. Uh, but I think scientists are really more present right now in the, the media. But I think this is something that needs to go on and we need to address those those fake news because this is something that, I, at least in the USA, I was looking at the latest data and this is really problematic right now with the Delta variant spreading and we will see what's happening, but it's not looking great.
All right. Well, thanks so much for talking about your research. And then I assume uh, you're going to be talking about some of this in the talk that you're giving at ASV. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to be talking about uh, mainly all the virus impact splicing, a lot of the uh, reassortant viruses we use to decipher this. Uh, IPMS experiment to show how the viral protein we identified is uh, interacting with cellular proteins. And then some uh, key experiment that show that this component in the cell is necessary for the virus mosaic splicing. Right, great. All right. Well, thanks very much. That was really cool. Thanks. This has been Let's Meet the Virologists, a podcast about people who study viruses. This is your host, Larissa Backright. Thanks for listening.